There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry. Those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. Captivity can go far beyond the companies you represent. It starts between your ears and its impact is felt in every corner of your business. We're all about helping agency principals and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your freedom. If your goals are big enough, you're going to have to get uncomfortable to be able to reach them. Our team at RiskWell is living this out every single day. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and everything I learn along the way. We deliver relevant, tactical, and actionable content from industry peers, innovative partners, and a variety of leaders from other business verticals. We're not holding anything back. There's no upsell, no guru pitch, and no fluff. It's time to unshackle yourself from captivity and make your freedom jump with the Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. Welcome back to the show. It's time for another episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast. We help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. My guest for this episode is Mr. Zach Baldwin from Houston, Texas. Zach is the founder and principal of TexPro Insurance. Zach, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, James. I appreciate it. Yeah, you and I have been talking shop for a while. I'm not sure exactly. You know, a few months, you know, less than a year. And we had the privilege of finally meeting in person uh, back at the One City World Tour event uh, in Austin, hosted by the indomitable Bradley Flowers and Mr. Scott Howell. Shout out to those two titans of industry. You know, we, we've become friendly and, and gotten acquainted over the last few months. And uh, when you reached out and asked about the possibility of having an early stage uh, principal on and just to talk shop about some stuff that you're going through and lessons that you've learned, most of the time I kind of swat people away like flies when they try to invite themselves on as a guest. But you are exactly... Uh, the kind of guests that I love having on the show because you're so relatable. Like what you've dealt with, thank you, what you have dealt with is is exactly what a lot of people deal with as they're trying to stand up an agency and move out of being a solo operator and, and you know scale something and, and put best practices in place, implement the stuff that we all talk about on these podcasts and masterminds and conferences and whatnot. So I'm really glad you're here, man. This is going to be a different flavor of episode than a lot of the stuff that we do on AFP because you're still very much in the thick of it. You're not you're not a guest who's coming in lecturing or sharing from past experience of what you've learned and what you've overcome. You're sharing from current experience. Like you're still in a lot of the things that a lot of people are struggling with and, and, and trying to overcome. Is that a fair assessment? I don't mean absolutely. to put words in your mouth here. No, absolutely. I think the best way to describe that is and why I reached out to you just, just to, you know, foremost to everyone listening is uh, I'm blessed to be, you know, on a channel that such people at the peaks of their careers are at. And I found value to hear so many of the lessons that they've learned along that journey. And I think the asset I have the best is I'm working towards that end goal, but I am enough on the ground level to understand the real problems and feel them for myself. So it's kind of hard to, you know, feel the pains of business uh, 
it's almost like undercover boss. You got to get in and figure out what's going on to really know the nitty gritty. But uh, yeah. look, to give you a little respect as well, I, I met James initially through the Independent Agents Association group. I'm not sure if I said that on spot on, but uh, close enough. Nobody's keeping close enough. But I immediately realized James was, you know, a forefront on the, especially for the Texas business. And it's nice to resonate with people that are like you. Honestly, we look a little bit alike. It's odd. I could probably be like a younger brother or cousin to you. We're both tall Texans. I mean, it's something where. And deadly handsome, of course, (laughs) in case anyone's wondering, Zach's a good looking guy. So when he says we look alike, what he's really saying is that I'm very sexy and handsome. So way to go, man. You got to catch us at some conferences. That's it. You know, <laughs> that's us. But um, no, look, I, I appreciate being here. I hope to the, you know, I would like to say the big wigs listening is um, I think this is something that may provide a lot of value to you or may provide none at all. But um, thank you for the, the chance to speak some, James. Man, here's the thing. Everybody can learn something from anybody that they're willing to learn from. And if all you're doing is reinforcing stuff that others have said or speaking from personal experience on where some landmines are located, if you're okay with sharing what you and I talked about and on that, uh, that call, I think about three weeks ago, give or take, I think that is a really useful experience sure. to share with folks. And you can tell that story. It's not my story to tell. Yeah. Uh, but th- I think that's a great example of the sort of stuff that you deliver on uh, an episode like this it is just firsthand in the trenches battle stories and maybe you don't have a completed best practice to share but you're still in the middle of it of hey here's the the situation that i encountered and mm-hmm. here's what i did and it didn't it didn't go great it and it didn't uh, have the ideal outcome and here's what i've learned since then and, you know those kind of episodes don't happen very often in podcasting world it's it's raw it's vulnerable right. it makes people uncomfortable sometimes but there's every bit as much to learn from something like that as you know some ceo of some company or or whatever talking right. about current industry trends i happen to have an affinity for this kind of real and vulnerable episode because that's why this thing started right right like that's that's why this podcast exists is to help people identify areas that need improvement. So Absolutely. Where no, do you I, want to start, man? But before we let me let me just say this. Give me the 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 background on Zach and yeah. what you've been up to up to this chapter of your career. Give people some context. Uh, then, you know, talk about what you've done in the industry and maybe where your agency is right now as far as you know, specialization areas, if there are any, what the relative breakdown, personal commercial lines, if you do other stuff like life or health or Medicare or disability or whatever, you know, run down the demographic stuff after you give us your bio. Awesome. Yeah. Just to, you know, put it in a nutshell, because, you know, we probably hear enough about all these different things that we do, but, but to my, you know, position within the podcast is I'm, um, I'm a PNC agent. I'm initially, you know, got in as an independent to have control over my business. And um, as James mentioned, I'm in Houston, Texas. So I'm definitely in a tough market. Uh, I started my business in 2018. I was an agent a couple years before that for another PNC firm. And before that, I was a financial advisor. So I come a little bit out of the general financial field. 
you know, I think early on, um, I realized that it's just a product down here that requires a little more attention. And back to James's point, you know, every movie, every story has a climax, right? That's the whole, uh, that's the epitome of the story, right? Is, is what does the protagonist or antagonist do in, in response to the critical moment in their time? And I think we all have critical moments, right? In each transition of your careers. And, um, yeah, I think getting into the business of, to give more scope, I'm 30 years old. So I'm, I'm a younger person to the business. No one, I'm telling you right now, no one in college has the desire to say, I want to dying to be an insurance agent. I don't think we have any kids that give up being, you know, wanting to be an astronaut to be an insurance agent, right? It's just not something that's sexy on the surface. It's not something that's, I think, hasn't been made a TV show about on Netflix or, you know, um, but people sleep on it. And, and, uh, I yep. got, I kind of fell into it. I think most people fall into PNC or any type of insurance. Right. And yep. I think the best way to describe it is it's like golf. Golf is so frustrating. You hit about a hundred bad shots and you hit one and you're addicted like, uh, you know, uh, golf is a cruel mistress, man. I'm going to, I'm going to get triggered if you start talking about golf. Well, and I, I play <laughs> college golf. So I have a little background to that competitive nature and being in, yeah. you know, it relies on you, but yes, I fell into the PNC industry. I worked for another agency. Um, I know I got a little muddy with my intro, but, but the main thing is, yes, I'm, I'm on that first stage of my career of evolving from an independent agent, right? Having my own control to an agency owner. And I think that that's the climax for me is so many people are focused on pumping out new business and the numbers and the logistics. And I think you move too fast. You often slip or trip or make catastrophic moves that ultimately change why you do what you do or your purpose. And I'm going to stop you there for a second, sure. man, because there's there's some really good stuff we can double click on. Because I I get emails all the time, several times a week from listeners to the podcast, and a lot of them are producers. They're mm-hmm. not even agency principals anywhere on the captive side, on the exclusive side, whatever. They're they're working away, just writing business and doing their thing in somebody else's shop. Lots of different flavors of producer, of course. That was you. You decided to set that aside, stop being a producer, and open your own shop. You know, as Miles Merwin says, you went from being a producer to a principal. What was that journey like? First off, what was it that got you to the point that you said, you know what, I'm officially done being a producer. I've had it. I'm going to be a principal. I'm going to set aside my book of business. You probably had a non-compete, non-solicit, or something like that. Mm-hmm. If you were lucky, you took some of it with you. But you walked away from being a producer and decided you set your mind to the reality of I'm going to be an agency principal. I'm going to start my own shop. Mm-hmm. Talk about that for a second. Oh, this is uh, gosh, such a great question. Um, you're probably going to not get the answer that you're expecting, but it was, it was actually led a lot by ego. And I realized that it's such a great way to explain, you know, a little bit of kind of the climax I mentioned before, but, you know, I think being younger into a sales position, right? You get a little cocky or you maybe kind of get a little bit invincible to say, ah, if they can do it, I can do it, right? And um, 
you know, it's probably easy if you're selling one product, you're an all-state person, whatever. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately, um, I left to do my own thing. And I've been humbled very quickly, James. That's what I've just kind of, the climax, right, is yes, the transition from being an agent to principal was led by, oh, I can do this. I'm young. I'm going to own an agency. I'm going to do this. And then you evolve to, well, what does your business do? You yeah. protect millions of dollars in liability and property and risk is that's not something you just go into and act like a YouTuber who got 25 million hits overnight. It's, um, it's a, it's a business that requires, um, a respect to it. And I think that's definitely been my journey. Why well, I'm so excited to share this because people that get humbled often leave the business, right? Three, four years. They're like, ah, shit, I got one thing bad happen. Yep. Me. I don't know if I can say the S word on the Bro, show, but it's whatever. Uh, and, um, but you know, I think they either quit or they say, you know what, this is the uh, evolution of the next step. And I'm not sure how much information I can give with the particular thing that James was referencing, but you know, I had a little E and O scare that ultimately worked out in my favor, right? I'll say I got lucky. But um, you can talk about it as much as you feel comfortable. Obviously, nobody right. shares any names on the episode, but as right. much detail as you feel comfortable sharing, I think it is so relatable, man. Before we get into that E and O story, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I want to I want to double click a little bit there on what you said because I think one, bravo, man, way to be self aware enough to recognize that one of the big reasons why you left maybe wasn't the most valid reason to leave. Absolutely. Uh, of ego, of thinking, oh, I can do this as well as insert name here, and puffing your chest out a little bit. And as we have all been through, I certainly have, more times than I care to admit, you get smacked around in the early stages of launching really anything, this business or any other vertical that you might find yourself and I promise you the person who opens up a flower shop on Main Street has a lot of the same challenges that we do here. There, there's nothing unique to the independent agency world on launching a business being a very difficult thing. So I think that's great, man, that you're, you're self-aware enough to go, well, maybe I didn't have the best of motives of doing this thing at the beginning. What do you think about that now? Looking back on it, you, you've had your own shop on paper for almost five years and you've been an actual agency principal for uh, at some point in the pandemic is when you launched and officially opened your doors, right? Correct. Yeah. So what's your thought process on it now? If you had to do over again, knowing what you know now, would you have stayed put for a while longer or looked at other opportunities or would you jump right back into the principal game all over again, knowing what you know now today? Oh, I I think... Gosh, a lot of other people talk about it and, you know, from different levels, right? And this is another great relatable point from whether you're at the top of an insure tech or the bottom as a producer or a CSR, right? It's, um, you know, ultimately that, um, sorry, I got a call bugging me, but, you know, I think that, um, I think there's just a lot of promise to the business. I think there's a lot of future to it. And I, I think that, you know, like I said, it, it makes me appreciate so much more. I think that's kind of the newfound mindset of it all is I'm so blessed 
to have stuck with it. And I think that's how most people do feel after the humility of it all, right? Is I think some people get fired and they just move on and it kind of instills a certain type of character in their life, right? Or you can learn to be resilient. And, you know, I think that's what I almost needed it. I almost needed that sense of realization because our business is designed of, you know, what can go wrong? What do you not have? And, um, ultimately I think it's just maturing, right? In anything you do, right. You probably matured so much in your business. I think one thing I respect the most of is your commitment to business ethics, right? Hey, if you're not going to be honest, I'm not going to give you my time. And, you know, to some degree we have to sell and put things on paper, but I think it just opens up a different sense of responsibility and sense that I want to be a manager. I want to be an admin. I want to be that side because if I can get through that, I certainly can get through many other things. Right. And then I can help other people and create a platform just like you do. I mean, you employ, I'm not sure how many people are, you have a team, but yeah, I'm sure eight as of right now, eight as of right now. I mean, what a great feeling to have a business that serves your community and I think it's just ultimately graduated me into hopefully becoming, you know, sitting around the round table with you one day or, and we already kind of are sitting around our own little round table, but I think that's kind of what, why we, you and I connected is I've been humble enough to respect the game and look, James, uh, you are a, a true professional. We had to compare each other. Right. But I think at the end of the day, we're all going to have things that we're stronger than others about. And, and the biggest strength I do have is, is the example to follow like you, James. And, um, that's why I'm so proud to be on the show is the young people listening or the, or the people at the top, you know, just put your best foot forward. Don't put 20 steps forward and figure it out. The rest is sometimes slower is faster. And, um, that's why I'm at now is quality control. I've got a producer on the per, you know personal line side, and I've got an assistant now. We talked about getting virtual assistant for the customer service, and I can yep. now you know produce and manage the admin side. But at the end of the day, look, we uh, open one door in this business, we get four more, and just like you, James, you're still opening doors. You're opening probably twenty doors at a time, and um, problems don't get smaller; they get bigger as you grow. So, you know, that that is absolutely true. It is a perfect time to mention uh, something that's in the book, uh, Leaving Captivity. By the time this episode drops, the book is out and available everywhere. You can get it on Amazon, on my website, jamesjenkins.com. It'll be somewhere on the front and center. In that book, there's a, there's a section in, I think it's in chapter eight, talking about innovation, where uh, I quote from MMA fighter Frank Shamrock, I mean, one of the most legendary MMA fighters of all time, he talked about this concept of plus, minus, and equal. And it is basically that at all times, if you are reaching your potential as a professional, you will be in three different types of relationships simultaneously. You will be in a plus relationship, and a minus relationship, and with an equal relationship. The plus is someone that you admire, someone that you look up to, who has chosen to do life with you. And you are learning from them. They are pouring into you and mentoring and discipling you. 
they are your plus. But you also have a minus relationship, someone who's not quite as far along in their career journey uh, or their professional life or, or personal life or whatever the context happens to be. That person is learning from you. You are pouring into them and mentoring and coaching and developing them in the same way that your plus is doing for you. And the third one is equal. And this is where masterminds come in. This is where those organic groups that just form of, of different peers that are at a similar level of uh, acumen, understanding, you know, professional development, similar demographics of their agency, relatively similar in size and, and distribution. And that's your equal. That's your tribe, your community, the people that you can be really vulnerable with and know that there's a safe place to share your thoughts and feelings and opinions and get pissed off and, and share what you're mad about, about something terrible that happened, and nobody's holding any grudges. No one thinks less of you because you came in and, and had to share a struggle or, or vent about something that made you mad. So that plus, minus, and equal, all three of those relationships happening simultaneously with different people, that is is kind of prime in my mind. You know you're in a good spot when you have a plus and a minus and an equal and you're able to express those three different kinds of relationships in a professional context here from what we're talking about on this podcast. It can be on a personal context too, but that's a different story for a different day, of course. But what, what you're describing is that. Absolutely. No, you're, and you're so right. Is, um, but I also think that neutral side, right, that, right that, that those support systems, those groups, just the access to um, IAOA, that's Independent Agency Owners Alliance. So there we go. I got it right. Yeah. Um, it's sharing everyone's pluses and minuses as a neutral, right? And that's the best thing I've probably done in the last year or two is connect with others around me to say, you know what? We're all in this together. We've all made that same mistake and let's help each other prevent going through that. And that's ultimately kind of what our business is. Let's sell you policies that we can prevent that. Right. And, yep. and I resonate so much with what you say. And I think ultimately it, the one big thing I had to share that maybe complements that just as kind of what we're doing and as the evolution of our industry, right. It's, we have the opportunity to be a professional in a, trade a business that is so valuable i mean we're not selling peanut butter and jelly we're selling asset protection we're protecting families we're protecting businesses that pay families and for assets right it's it's something that we are needed so much but to the other side of the equation you know the disruption in the industry has been so large right i think i saw captain dave put something in the ioa group about, you know, the first time in 40 years of disruption, right? Is how, imagine doing something for 40 years and then having to change what you do, right? It, it, it could yep. be, I'm, oh my gosh, but I've started on the evolution of the newer side of business and I can see that, you know, they want to take away a lot of that professionalism. And yep. I have to say one essential point to the to the big dogs out there is stop trying to take us out and start trying to arm us with those tools and those weapons to make us greater, right? Because I think that's what they're all figuring out. And maybe the biggest thing that Bradley and, um, you know, the, the insurance guys podcast really came about is the combination of technology and humans is 
immeasurable. Yeah. And, you know, you can never take that away. So the well, left- and, and I think what I would just gently push back on a little bit there sure. is what you just described as quote unquote the big dogs, the direct riders, the the mega brokers and whatnot. And there's a temptation that is always present for us to create this narrative of an us against them or where there is some sort of direct competition. And I don't say this as any kind of chest thumping. I don't see them at all as competition. If there's anything that I've learned in the last few years of post-pandemic industry stuff, of dealing with an incredibly hard market cycle combined with a new president coming into the White House and the economic challenges uh, that have accompanied this administration. I'm not assigning fault. It's just the way that it has gone. The inflationary environment makes everything very difficult. The lending environment is very difficult. Simultaneously, we have these uh, weather-related natural disasters that put a lot of pressure on the insurance industry where loss ratios are much higher reinsurance is much more difficult to obtain. Everything costs more. Every policy is going up at renewal from every carrier and every line of business and every market in the country. I have people that are 60, 70 years old that say, I've never seen a market cycle like this in 30 or 40 years of my career. That being said, those big dogs that you reference, they have their lane that they get to travel in. And the beauty of the game that you and I are playing and the freedom jumpers out there in listener land are all playing the similar game. They may not recognize it though. Is that lane for those big nationals, the big dogs on on TV and whatnot, that's not your lane. And that's not my lane. The buyer that most resonates with their message probably doesn't resonate with your message, Zach. It doesn't resonate with my message in quite the same way. And that's okay. The cool thing is, there's more than enough business to go around because that churn that happens from Geico to Progressive, from Progressive to Geico, from Geico to State Farm, from State Farm to Allstate, from Allstate back to State Farm, and then to over to Farmers, and then back to State Farm, and then back to Geico, and then back to Progressive. Maybe it's Amica or one of these other direct riders. Maybe it's a small regional that is doing, you know, a phone bank somewhere. The point is that profile is not my target prospect. Hasn't been, even when we did personal lines uh, earlier this year, as as you know, uh, we sold our personal lines book, but even before we sold the book, I don't want that insured, and I'm pretty sure you don't either. That's a so, great point. And you're right. That's, you know, that's something to holistically look at as you're right. It actually helps eliminate people that maybe don't fit, right? It's like someone who says, I don't want, I want to come in and hand sign some documents. It's like, you know. Yep. Let's get with the times, and at the end of the day, you're right. It's nice to pass someone off to a direct channel when, and and, and that's a way to kind of fire them and have to um, have to serve them, right? And and you're right, yeah. it, it does. There's plenty to go around. And um... hey, Freedom Jumper, are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who isn't, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS. At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. 
with a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed. Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. And it's not even yeah. have to serve. Yeah. I don't mean to get all luxury with you. That's not my sure. point at all. You're, you're bringing up these things and I'm like, whoa, hey, let's stop for a second and talk about that. The, the notion that we have to serve someone I think is really problematic because it creates yes. a, a subtle animosity, an ambivalence, a lack of care and concern, maybe even a little bit of hostility, maybe a little bit of bitterness or a little bit of anger as the agent who's like, ugh. Yes. So-and-so called again. I hate when they call. They're always complaining about something. We don't have to do anything. And the beautiful thing, is, and I'm stealing from uh, Josh Braun here. He's, he's a, a sales trainer I follow on LinkedIn and really, really good stuff. I like his content. One of the things that he says pretty often is you and I as salespeople can't create motivation. When we try to motivate an insured, a prospect, it's a losing game. We are failing already because we can't create motivation, but we can and should align with it. And the beauty of market segmentation is alignment naturally happens. The beautiful thing about putting content into the the YouTube, into social media, in the blogs and everything is you're telling people who you are. You are describing, you're painting a picture of Tex Pro Insurance in Houston, Texas. And what is going to happen naturally is some people are going to be attracted by your message and some people aren't. Some people are going to be in the middle and they don't care one way or the other. And some people are going to hear your message and see it on social media or happen to click on a YouTube video or something that you put out and they'll say, ah, I don't want to do that. I just want to quote. I don't really care about an agent relationship. I just want to click on my app and get what I need and move on. I don't care about insurance. And those people aren't going to pick you. But Absolutely. when we speak our truth, when you speak your truth, that's the beautiful power of content marketing is you allow that natural market segmentation to happen. Whereas if we try to convince someone of something, we may get them. You may be great at convincing. You may be a smart, savvy salesman with good lines and you, you read the customer and you give them a good rebuttal when they come up with something that, well, yeah, well, what about X? And you hit them with a great rebuttal and they think, oh, yeah, that's a valid reply. And they choose to do business with you. If you convinced them of something, if you leveraged persuasion to win them over, you may have won today. But the likelihood is you didn't actually win them. You just won the battle. Exactly. You didn't win the war. Yeah. And I, I, I don't mean to put my teaching hat on because I don't mean to talk down to you at all. No, I just think I, it, it, I have to give you a, I have to give you a moment of praise here because listen, this is something that you set the bar on so well. And then I know Carruthers does as well is one thing you attract what you are, right? And if you're attracting being the cheapest guy on the block, you're going to get the cheapest clients. You're going to get the most unhonest people, you know, and it's something where you have to have a standard for your life or an insurance, right? Everyone yep. buys it. That means the lowest of the low to the highest of the high. I would rather like to attract the high, highest clients, the ones that want to be advised. And yep. 
I think we start out our career so early on, kind of back holistically looking this whole conversation as volume, 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 let's get it on the books as opposed to, you know, you're more of a boutique style and same with, you know, my goals is we want to build a great clientele, a great customer base. Uh, we won the war, not the battle. Right. Yep. And, you know, you're with them protecting um, a claim and you're protecting a promise to pay and you can sleep at night. And that's, you know, for everyone listening, I'm so glad James brought that up because the humility back to my original point, right. Of saying my mindset is, I don't know everything. I've got to have the right people to get to where I want to be. Otherwise, you're just going to run in circles selling to small fish and you'll never have bigger dreams and bigger visions. Right. And um, I think that's that's the difference to a lot of people listening to this is we're attracting that. You know, you and I, our segment is to attract an advisory based clientele. And yep. insure techs, their clientele is it's okay for them to have the volume side because we don't want that. It's a waste of our time. It's problematic. It can cause that E&O concern of, you know, my point earlier, I was so focused on selling and premium as opposed to what am I not covering for my clients, right? And um, yep. so. Are you okay if we go there? Uh, it seems like a good time. Absolutely, yeah. I am, All right, uh, I'm going to hit my little whoosh button there. Yeah. And then hand you the mic. What happened with this E&O thing? Give us the setup. Yeah. When you're writing the account, what kind of account is it? How did it go down? And, sure. and tee us up for the E&O conversation. Okay, so this, to give a great, yeah, to tee it up perfectly. So, so a lot of the initial way I built my PNC side and why I also got into it is, so I, I mentioned I was a financial advisor, which you realize you think you're going to be selling investments. 80% of what you sell is life insurance. And my mom was a life and health independent agent. And, and I realized, well, I could go sell it for her and take a lot more split or just work with a big broker and take half. Ultimately, I didn't like, you know, I tried to go sell for more, work with your family. It did not work out well. So I went to work for a PNC firm to kind of complement that trade of what we do. Um, those people were the volume pushers, horrendously low standard for what they do. And I just said, I'm not going to do this. So I, I worked for them for a little while, took my own ship out. And a lot of those initial clients I onboarded from life and health clients with my mom. So agent of records, stuff like that on farm accounts or commercial accounts and Gosh, agent of record early on in your career, you're like, oh yeah, I didn't have to do anything, didn't have to quote it, it's so easy. But then you realize you pick up other people's dirty work. And ultimately, if you're not reviewing that account uh, when you BOR it, you are inheriting someone else's garbage. And unless I'm inheriting your account, James, I'd be lucky, but you better still review the accounts if you get them from me, because I promise you we make mistakes uh, on occasion. Not not as often as others, I would imagine, because we have really good processes in place. Yes. But yeah, you day will better. Well, and then ultimately what good. happened, ultimately what happened is I took over an agent of record and client is a medical doctor. He's got a bop, he's got um umbrella, he's got um you know, all these specialized policies to protect his billing, Medicaid and Medicare billing, cyber insurance. And the one thing that 
he did not have as I took over the account was a worker's compensation policy. Now, for those listening, I'm in Texas, so it's one of these you know six states where it's not required. Correct me if I'm wrong, James, if it's six or more. It's the only state Excuse that is me. truly voluntary. New Jersey is on paper voluntary, but they have some stipulations okay. to it. For those of you that aren't writing work comp in the state of Texas, it is bonkers. It is absolutely bizarre the way that the Texas Department of Insurance and Department of Workers Comp has allowed it to be because they say it's voluntary, but then they say you have to register as a non-subscriber. And oh, by the way, you're still on the hook for any on-the-job accidents or injuries. We're just not going to require you to buy workers' compensation insurance. You can pay out of pocket if you want to. Yeah. But yeah, just for your, we, we operate in 42 states, I think it is currently. Okay. Zach, Texas is the only one that does it this way. It is bizarre. So there, that should give a more perspective as to how, I guess, fine-tuned fine-tooth comb this situation is and, and why I want everyone to listen where the invincible mindset, look, I'm younger and I'm on pins and needles now. It's, is look, the one policy that in, in Texas that you're not required to have, a, what is it with dentistry or insurance? You are going to buy, the, look at the Liberty Mutual commercial, uh, don't buy, what is it? Don't buy. Only pay for what you need. Only pay for what you Are you kidding me? <laughs> Aren't uh, we all doing that anyway? Well, like, you need it now when oh, it's the fan. But but long story short, I've had this account for a couple of years and an employee of his slipped in the bathroom. She said some someone sprayed a bunch of Febreze in there and the floor got all slippery and, and fell and, and hit her back. And so I got a call and said, hey, you know, our we're covered for this. Right. And I, and I said, well, got, you know, you, after taking over those policies, you know, we don't have a worker's cop policy and he goes, you know, and, and we've talked about it verbally, right. And probably over the cell phone, but I don't have any sort of documentation. I don't have anything that says, Hey, I've pro you know, standard process on my renewal. You signed off this form that says you don't have it. And you know, look, ultimately I got lucky. Nothing came about, nothing came to fruition, but I reached out to James. Uh, it was a Thursday morning at 9.01 AM. I sent him a message on Facebook. The dude Facebook called me within 15 seconds. Now understand this is like getting Tiger Woods's autograph and then him calling you right after very unexpected to have James Jenkins give me a call. And before you I'm, I'm that, exhaling uh, on you yeah. because I don't like hearing stuff like that. I'm well, he, yeah. James. Thank you for the kind words. Carry on. James will have to accept that, but but I'm definitely. <laughs> there's a lot of people that are like the Tiger Woods of insurance. <laughs> the hell's wrong with this guy? Well, no, no. Carry on. Sorry. And and, I, and and even to that. So the next thing was, you know, as soon as they had James up, uh, Zach. Your you know carrier has a first notice of loss. You need to make sure to let them know, regardless of anything happening or not. And this is the point, guys. You know, again, we need to stretch our legs, right? We're all young. Let's let's try ten shots instead of five, right? Let's push every boundary. But you cannot do that with other people's businesses and other people's money. And um, you know, I think it starts to make you realize in my. Do I have enough E&O coverage? Am I with a good E&O carrier? Is the business I'm writing covered under my policy? And, and if we can't think that way as business owners, I don't believe we should be selling insurance to other business owners. It blows my mind how much James knows. And it's to the point where now I'm going to go get my CIC. Because I know that if you want to be a ball player on the court, 
you can't just, you know, play it lightly. And so I love this conversation because the biggest evolution I've had in my career over the past year is humility. Yep. Finally got my ass slapped in the face. If my ass had a face, I was, I was uh, to say, but explain how that works. How does, the, how does your ass get slapped in the face? <laughs> but, uh, yep. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things, look, you have to fail in this life. And I've realized that, you know, when I fail, I'll, I'll handle it again and, and I'll fail less because I have people like you. And I, I genuinely, James, I know you don't like the hype and stuff, but other people clearly feel that from you is you're just getting started, man. I mean, yeah, you are, I'm early in the game, brother and you're killing it. And, and you're surrounded just like me. This is a, the biggest thing about golf is you are, it's just like your friends. You are, you hang out with, you play like yep. you do around you. The pros are so good because they're constantly playing against each other. You're playing against big guys like Carruthers and you're talking to these big insure techs and these big guys and you're destined for success, James. And ultimately, if I follow suit and you're uh, a next person on my stage of life to listen to, you're that person for me, right? And yep. I, I well, it, it's like that, it's like yeah. Tiger early career. Un, a lot of potential, a lot of talent, a lot of hard work, but not many trophies yet. Yep. If 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 I accept the Tiger analogy, it has to be like 1999 Tiger, like <laughs> two two or three majors in, like hasn't really hit stride, hasn't come anywhere near potential yet. But yeah, pretty good, definitely above average. But that's where the everything you know kind of falls apart with the analogy <laughs> can i dig into that there's so much in what sure. you just said please yeah. um man i gotta put my coach hat on for a second because there's a lot of people that are playing fast and loose in areas where they should not be playing fast and loose you said it yourself zach i it's it's shocking to you the way uh that some early stage agents do things and i think it's it's kind of bizarre when you think about it how hypocritical a lot of us in this profession are because we are advising our clients to do as we instruct, but we're not following our own advice. You out there, Freedom Jumper and Listener Land, do you have a standalone cyber liability and data breach policy not packaged in your BOP? Do you have a standalone cyber policy? If you're domiciled in the state of New York, I know you are because it's required by law. But how many of you voluntarily carry the right cyber liability and data breach coverage? What are you doing with the rest of your insurance program in, in the thinking, the thought process of what do I want to have happen when the claim gets here? At some point in the future, there's going to be a loss and a claim event. How do you want your insurance program to respond when that day comes? Because to Zach's point, he didn't have an E&O claim very easily could have. I'm not exactly sure how it ended up not being an E&O claim because it seemed like it was probably going to be one. But at the end of the day, lesson learned, no harm, no foul. But the the other things to double click on here is just the little tiny practices that we're missing. And I don't mean to pick on you individually, Zach, but Please you're do. on the show right now and Please it's do. what happened. And I think it's a great opportunity to point out a couple of very small things. And you said it casually, but I think it's indicative of a big picture habit. Folks, if you are taking business calls on your personal cell phone, you are inviting disaster because there is absolutely no way for those calls to be captured in your AMS, in your CRM, 
you don't have any record of text messages that are inside of your system, when you're using Ring Central, Lightspeed Voice, etc., for all material communication, those things are captured. Text messages are stored in your AMS and your CRM. If your state allows for it, your phone calls are recorded and you have some way of referencing what happened. Now, a phone call is never going to be as good uh, as far as protection from a documentation standpoint as something with a signature on it or an email chain or something in writing. It's not going to be as strong, but it's a whole lot better than a he said, she said, or a, oh yeah, we talked about it that one time, rather than, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, I see here that we spoke on January 17th at 2.04 p.m. We had a conversation about X, here's the transcript, and we talked about workers' compensation, and I relayed to you on that conversation that you did not have a workers' compensation policy. Unfortunately, we'll not be able to respond to this loss that you are reporting to me. May I suggest that we get a work comp policy quoted for you immediately? That's what happens when you have the right documentation in place. Is on-paper documentation better? Absolutely. Is a signature a declining coverage or limiting or lowering coverage? Absolutely. But even in, in the absence of proper signature or documentation, if you got a phone call to lean on, if you got a text message to lean on, you're not out in the woods. It's so important that we are practicing good risk management as insurance agency owners ourselves, not just preaching it to our clients, but actually practicing it ourselves. Because you and I can be the victim of an insurance claim just as easily as any of our clients, folks. It's really that simple. Yep. So, and honestly, I think uh, a great Tiger Woods reference to that point is um, you don't just practice, you practice perfect. And yep. you can win a tournament or you can win everyone knows Tiger Woods. Even if you're not a golfer, you can live on Antarctica and know who Tiger Woods is because he practiced perfectly, right? And I'm so glad to learn that lesson early on. And you know, I think we mentioned this was a problem for earlier agents. It's even worse whenever you're habitually doing this for so long and you built yep. a business based on selling insurance, not advising, right? And um, yeah, ultimately, like you said, you'll win the, the battle and not the war. And, um, you know, I think just the last thing I know, we're probably finishing up. I, yep, I we're about to land the plane. Yeah, you want to take us home? Yeah, and I'll just kind of say this. Look, you know, I, I called, I, I messaged James yesterday and I just kind of asked, I think I was listening to um, the episode most recent one with Dane from Schumacher. Shoemaker, yep, Dane uh, Williams in Memphis. Dane Williams, really nice perspective just about, man, you know, you have to give respect to delegation specialization in this business you can't expect to do everything well i mean tiger woods can be gosh so good at golf but can't be good at football and horseback riding and he probably is but you've got to i think to the one thing we talked about in austin when i saw you a couple months ago is i am so, so much of a generalist right to where you can't do 10 things at once you can't be an octopus and yep and I think, you know, when we got on this call today, before we started recording, I don't think you were having the best day. I've had a yep. great day. Uh, last week, I had one of the shittiest days. I think the last time I talked to James, I was having one of the scariest days of my life. But it ultimately shows you that that's 
that ultimately shows you that's what we're in the business of is peace of mind is James said, Zach, this is ultimately why you have E&O. Just relax. This is what this is what happens when a claim happens for your clients. You want them to relax. You want them to breathe. And it was kind of a point for me to realize as a, a person in that position, I don't ever want someone to be there. Yeah. And look, I think the point of you being a little frustrated before this is we're all in this together at any stage. You know, I think you're Tiger Woods and you maybe think Carruthers is a Tiger Woods. I know that that's who uh, gave you a buzz before this, yep. this meeting, but you know, look, I, everybody's learning from somebody, man. Yes. And, and I, I accept your kind words and, and you're very gracious. Of course, my ego loves hearing stuff like that, but my humility is like, shut up and get back to work. We got stuff to do. You're always climbing the mountain and there's always somebody in front of you. And there's always somebody who's not quite as far along as you are. The longer I play this game, the easier it is to accept a compliment uh, and simply say, hey, thank you for the kind words. I really appreciate that. That's very nice of you. And move on. Yeah. Earlier in my, in my career, my ego wanted to be like, oh, no, no, I'm not, don't say nice things. That's the, but it's like, wait a second. Don't invalidate someone's kind words. That's your perspective. That's how you feel. And that, I appreciate that. It's very gracious of you. The only thing I would say is that that exists in the context of a larger conversation of there's always a bigger mousetrap. There's always somebody who is a bigger dog, somebody who's further up the mountain. You know, like Simon Sinek said, in the infinite game, th those that are playing a game that never ends realize that there is no such thing as winning or losing. There is only, am I better today than I was yesterday? People that think in terms of best are never really going to reach their potential because whenever you achieve what your version of best is, subconsciously you're going to stop trying quite as hard. But when you take a better mindset, when you start playing the infinite game, as Senate calls it, and I love that way of thinking of it, better is actually better than best. Because every day you wake up, you have the opportunity to be better than yesterday. Yeah. Best is an illusion. There's no such thing as best. And I think, Zach, as we wrap this thing up, when you take that approach, you're winning. Because best is irrelevant. There's no such thing as best. That is subjective. It is so easily manipulated. Best is not a thing. For sure. But better is absolutely a thing. And that is why this podcast exists, is help our Freedom Jumper listeners out there just get a little bit better than they were yesterday, than they were last week, last month, last quarter. Yeah. And if that happens, I'm happy with it. Absolutely. And I think to all those listening, the, the biggest lesson, and truthfully, is from James that I, I hope maybe to formalize it in, in one paragraph is um, – Definitely work hard and, and, and I encourage so many people to get into this business, but please take it seriously. And it's it, the demand for the transition in this business. There's a, there's a new demand for professionals, not just, I don't think I've seen a commercial in a long time on, on TV saying we'll save you $600 a year on car insurance because that's that, you know, it's, it's kind of taken that spectrum out. So it's, yep. I think just for all those from the top to the bottom in between the humility factor will get you so far is if you realize I can always be better continuously. Right. Yep. You know, those that think that they're the best, well, maybe they're small town agents or maybe that's the best thing for them. But as far as I'm concerned, James, I've 
enjoy being on on this ride with you. I'm kind of on hanging along your ride as well, man, and, and hoping I pick up some wonderful things as I already have. So, but um, we have definitely taken the full hour. It's three fifty seven. I know um, it's holiday weekend with Easter. You guys are probably off tomorrow. Yep, and, today's uh, Friday, even though we're recording on a Thursday, because I'll be with my family tomorrow, and I, I hope you will be too. Yes, absolutely. Well, look, I, I just, I've said it a couple times, I'm so grateful, and, and hopefully one day we'll have this, you know, I, I think I'm on one of the, maybe close to the 100th podcast, if maybe the 99 or 98, something like that. Uh, yeah, your episode's going to air sometime in May. Okay. Uh, you're probably 103, 104, something like that. Yeah, so maybe on the... 300 episode will be having a different chat, right? Look, look back on this episode as uh, an early stage in your story. And, you know, the thing I'll just leave you with, Zach, is you're going to pay it forward. And that's the thing about gratitude. I am so grateful to other people uh, in the industry who have helped me and advised me and mentored and developed me when I'm sitting in the chair that you are. And you've been effusive and very kind with your, your words in this podcast. I've said those exact same words about people that we all know, uh, names that we've all heard, and they know who they are, and I'm not going to you know, name drop because I'll miss somebody for sure. Mm-hmm. I absolutely will. Uh, but that's, that's really it for this episode. Are you good if we land the plane, Zach? Absolutely. Where, if somebody wants to get a hold of you and continue the conversation, uh, maybe someone in your equal space or someone that wants to learn from you who's still a producer – or yes. still trying to figure out what direction their career needs to take. What's the best way for them to reach out to you? Oh, gosh. I mean, I know you said the cell phone thing is not a good idea, but for the small chance that I do get a call, I sincerely, like James said, we. Uh, I think the biggest thing is to pay it forward, right? Um, anything I can do and share is, uh, I think, the biggest achievement in life. So you can, anybody, you can reach at my cell. That's actually 832 492 seven four six four i'll just say that one more time for the 0.5 percent listening uh 832-492-7464 and you can email me at zach z-a-c-k at texproinsurance.com that's t-e-x-p-r-o all right you heard it there Call him, email him. If there's anything that Zach can help you out with for you producers out there, uh, maybe your captive agency owner trying to figure out what direction you go in, uh, hit up Zach and he'll be happy to have that conversation. And This has been another episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast. Make it a great day, boys and girls. We'll talk to you again real soon. Y'all take care. Thanks for listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. Please subscribe to AFP on your favorite platform to get automatic updates with every new episode and help other people find us. If you like what you hear, please drop us a review and tell the world what you like best. Most importantly, please share AFP with someone you know who is still in captivity. They'll thank you later. Visit our website at agencyfreedom.com to get access to exclusive content and announcements. Join our community on Facebook by typing in Agency Freedom in the search bar. Send your questions, comments, guest recommendations, and favorite grilling recipes to us at podcast at agencyfreedom.com. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. Until next time, let's go.
Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you've got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.